Welcome to American Nights, episode two, the first podcast. The first time. <laughs> I love it. Dude, I think this is a good idea, Cause. I'm glad you went through the legwork of getting the program figured out. And I'm sure it's a lot of trial and error on your end, but, you know, I think the concept, even for anything, just for documenting for later on in life i think that's you know if it never goes public i think just to have stuff to look back and review and audio is pictures are great but having that sort of like the audio to listen to and video uh especially while we're in the what i would consider the late summer of our lives uh, hopefully dude i mean at best right man yeah, who knows? All right, yeah. So this is American Night uh, Podcast, American Nights Podcast number two. I'm Cause. I'm Rudy. And I'm Dan. All right, cool. You guys, uh, I mean, like for me, you need no introduction, and it's just for us. So let's get started. <laughs> um, I do so like your little, uh, what's your phrase you say? You know, shoot the shit. I think uh, I think I want to say um, it's uh, campfire conversations with American veterans for uh, about uh, philosophy, failure, and fun. But we can switch that stuff out though. It could be like philosophy, fucking, and fun, or philosophy, failure, and fucking. <laughs> Just the three Fs, and you can uh, you can determine what each F. Dude, we are definitely talking philosophy with a capital F. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I. I can't really see it. My vision must be waning, but I looks like the there's a tiny K in front of the N in nights. That would be tight. It seems in pro, it seems appropriate. <laughs> From All right, the yeah. All right. So uh, I mean, like this is informal, but first topic on the table is savagery. And what I am most curious about y'all's take on savagery is um, the difference between law of the jungle and law of society. So specifically, I mean, like if, I mean, that's a broad, broad topic, but like are men today, uh, are we living in law of the jungle or are we living in law of society? And what is the differences? Yeah, I think we're living in a police state, and the policing is occurring by the citizens via these bad bear, these bad bears right here. Yeah. I don't, man. I think personally, like any sort of first world country, there is no law of the jungle anymore. If it is, like you're only living by that law for a very short period of time. It it pops out though once in a while and bites you though. It's not like you can sleep on it though, right? Correct. It does. It is there, and it's. I think. I think it's inside a lot of people, and it it'll it'll manifest. But unfortunately, when it does, like one, you will be apprehended by somebody. <laughs> a hall monitor. Dude, they're everywhere. I, that's. I think that's the biggest problem with that is. You know, you I, you see it in other. There's ways where it's not crossing like actual laws, though. Like, for instance, dealing with certain people. Like, uh, like there's this guy at work I had to deal with. He's kind of he's like one of those guys that if he doesn't get his if 
whatever he pitches isn't received at like the next level, he's just going to like snake his way and go talk to like the bobs and, you know, so we had a conversation about transparency today. Um, yeah. But that he is also, intriguing. Yeah. Well, he also knows like not everyone, you know, there are second and third order effects for his types of maneuvers. That happened about a year ago. We were on a work trip and one of his buddies just started saying crazy things and he got some hands-on training. You know? <laughs> so yeah. like a, I will literal, a literal instance of where like the law of society intersected with the law of the jungle. Well, and I will say this, when the hands-on training commenced, it was in a very public setting on a government installation and many observers and all the observers were like, Man, I wish we still handled our shit like that. That was the feedback. <laughs> so respect with the feedback. People want it. You know, people still want it. Yeah, so you're doing this. That's actually my thoughts on it. When you're talking about law of the jungle versus law of society, uh, I kind of um, was viewing them as two separate threads, almost like, you know, just a two-string two guitar that you just kind of have to pluck in a very uh, – art. you got to – be very uh you got to be very uh um precise with when you're plucking each string because i think like dan said you know like want it the law the law of the jungle i think is that that true nature of man and that's we're eventually it's the law of nature you know we're gonna eventually swing back into that so right now we're being pulled by the law of society but so you got to keep that you got to keep that string tuned, but you got to also play, you got to also play the law of society. So that like Dan said, the hall monitors don't, don't come nab you, but. Yeah. I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about this a lot. Cause like, I mean, like you think about a deployment and like, why does it feel like you're maximized like biologically on a deployment? Like, why is that? You know, like, even though you're, the threat level is like higher, you know, and like, it's more chaotic, you know, like, like some person getting blown up, getting some Taco Bell on Bagram, like randomly, that's like, that's chaos, you know? And like, as you like go on ops and stuff, like that's less chaotic because it's like a little more predictable, but it, it feels like somehow like more, uh, I feel like more biologically activated. Like it's more natural for me. Like I, I'm not as conflicted, you know? And, um, that thought, like I was thinking about it. Cause like, why would that be? It's supposed to be a more stressful environment. Like, you know, um, there's a lot more going on. And then when you get back and someone's like, Hey, like, why is your mustache out of regs? And you're like, dude, like, what are you talking about, man? Like <laughs> you just trusted me with like $500,000 worth of equipment to, and you never checked on me once in fucking however many months. And like, now all of a sudden you want to like micromanage my grooming. And the answers are obvious, you know, they're trying to keep the Cowboys on the ranch unskillfully and stuff. And there's no shortage of hall monitors. But the question is, is like, okay, so we know these two realms exist and I kind of think of them as dimensions. So like at any moment you're in simultaneously living in the law of the jungle and the law of society, because whether anybody acknowledges it or not, like you out for a night on the town with your, with your lady and if something goes down, dude, like it's up to you, man. Like, like that, there's no two ways about it. Like, 
you know, and like, obviously dude, there's ladies that can handle themselves, but that's not the norm, you know, like you don't, you don't see there's weight classes for a reason. Like, and, um, you're the last line that you're the first and last line of defense. So like this law of the jungle, I'm not saying it's expected of you, but like, it's best if you just handle that. Like you deflect, you escape, you mitigate whatever and you, and you should see it coming. Like you, it's best if you just see it coming. You can't just like stroll through fucking life thinking like nothing bad's going to happen to you or can happen to you. So you simultaneously live in these two realms. And I think I wasn't really, I was fighting it when I was in, you know, I'm like, fuck that. Like, I don't really want to shave my mustache or whatever, but I think the more efficient thing to do is to have been more skillful at switching between up and back, you know, like being skillful, like, like Rudy said with the guitar, but like exist in both realms at the same time. And the more, the higher efficacy you have for switching up and back, the more effective you're going to be at any given moment. Yeah. When you sent out the, uh, I like, like, I like all that, but when you sent out the, one of the subjects was going to be like savagery, you know, I did the high school, um, had to write, you know, you have to write an essay on savagery, like the Webster definition of savagery, you know, like, but so that's kind of what my, my uh, question to you guys would be is like, what is savagery? Cause like, to me, I think you, you tapped on it. um, When you're talking about on deployment, like a lot of people think savagery is like brutality, just like, you know, cannibals, like that, that is the view of savagery. But to me, savagery is, you know, going back to the tribe mentality the basics of life is all you're, that's all you're striving for is the basics of life. And like you said, like in those chaotic moments, just being, being true, like very understanding of who you are at that moment, like, you know, going out on ops, like you're saying, you know, like that is where we have some control because that's what we've been, that's the savagery that we've been training and practicing. And so that's kind of what I was going to ask is what are you got? what are what are you talking about when you say savagery? Cause to me, savagery is like back to the basics. That's savagery is us being in the, tri- in the tribe. It's us being back to our basic selves, our food, shelter, fucking, you know, like that type of stuff is the savagery. Yeah. You want it Dan or me? Oh, we, we lost Dan sound. We lost the sound. He walked outside the Bluetooth range. Okay. These dogs are losing their damn mind. Okay. I guess I could do that. No, my dogs are. <laughs> dude, we're dude. dude, we're fostering a a bell mouth, Rudy. Ooh. I don't know if Sarah told you that. She goes. Uh uh-uh. She goes. Yeah, but it's okay because she has like, she got kicked out of whatever program because she has like a really low, uh, really low drive. I was like, yeah, that's like. Being like the slowest person in the Olympics. Yeah. What are we talking about? So in a glove earlier, which is cool. Oh yeah, that'll that'll come up later. I, I mean, at least oh, you got like a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think just go switch it out with somebody else's right hand glove in their locker. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was stiff, so that was good. The more pain she can feel from this experience, the better. Like a child, you know, you tell the child the stove is hot and don't touch it, but nah. She's like, I'm going to go ahead and do a push-up on this stove. Nice, said, Okay. 
<laughs> hopefully it's one of those hopefully it's one of those like electric stuff oh yeah that oil. bitch is a glass top my man don't you worry <laughs> uh i think with savagery to me it is whenever there is like <laughs> losing is not an option and whatever you are doing whatever the event may be like that is the ability to become like to truly display savagery you know because like if you think about like a violent scenario it's like there's no rules. Like I will bite you. I will rip off whatever I need to, uh, just like staying alive. It's like, I will literally eat anything to stay alive. Like I will do whatever I have to do to make this thing happen. So I think to me, that is a very basic definition, but those are the moments I think where you see people truly tap into that. Uh, I don't know if you call it a mindset or some version of themselves. Nice. Yeah, I like that because that also encompasses like what I was saying, like back to the base like, mm-hmm. when 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 losing is not an option, feeding, fucking fighting like the uh, all of your all of your uh, uh, s- sympathetic nervous system, like just straight up fight, flight, fuck, yep. feed. Like, yeah, I'll tell you what, that just makes me think of uh, Dr. F. <laughs> oh, Dr. F. <laughs> Dr. Dr. F is uh, he he definitely feeds fucks and fights like a savage for sure dr f is our our redheaded friend oh yeah 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 i saw him in, <laughs> did you guys see him in one of the i mean he's just in one of those chats he's must be doing all the adderall uh oh yeah yeah <laughs> going through law school running his own company like oh and definitely definitely keeping his mind alert got yeah his, <laughs> Yeah, his his old unit really pegged him right as a non-starter. Yeah, good call. What though, man? That's what, and that was kind of like the phone call I had with the guy earlier today. Like those types of decisions made by government organizations seem to be like the root cause behind some people's serious greatness. Well, dude, it 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 stems from uh, leadership narcissism, right? Because like if you're, they don't understand the the idea that if you are the leader and your troop is outshining you you were doing the leader job, you know, like you're, that is your, your job. Like you're not the prom queen anymore. Dude, Rudy, when you were talking, that reminded me, uh, <laughs> the last trip I was on, uh, one of the guys at one of the outstations had this fucking, the captain that was running the show out there. He like made these like fake leadership books, uh, like book covers. I'm going to hold these. Uh-huh. I hope these, I hope you guys can see what these say. There's two of them. Of course, it won't work. It says, uh, it says, do it or you are fired. Leadership in the 21st century. Strong. And he has another one called. (laughs) This is the other one. This dude's in the guard, this captain. It says, uh, (laughs) risk aversion, a lifestyle. How I learned to fear everything and accomplish nothing. Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Those this guy's great. on yeah. it. If you can send those to me, because yeah, I'm definitely going to write yeah. write a couple chapters about each of those. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's funny. I was talking to Frank about that, too, about this whole concept. And, like, I want to get, like, perspective from corporate America, law, uh, hospitals, all that stuff, different different types of leadership. And Frank works with somebody that used to work at Morgan, Morgan & Morgan law firms. Yeah. And he said that one of, one of the Morgans sent an email out that was just like, um, 
just straight up, I think it was like December, and they're like, hey, Christmas is coming. This morning I fired four people. You could be next. Like, that's, that's a leadership it's style. It's like the 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> Dude, there's a really good. Uh, it's like, it's like, it sounds like Hunger Games for lawyers. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Rudy, I'll have to find this. Uh, I'll have to find this letter. Did you ever hear of a. There's an Air Force general named Robin Olds. You ever heard that name? So he was, uh-uh. he was older. So Robin Olds was. He, Makes sense. Dude, he, yeah. He flew in World War II. Uh, and then he was flew in Vietnam as well as a general. Or. Uh, yeah. Okay. But anyway, so this guy, he wrote this in the 80s. He was retired. I think it was a student at the Air Force Academy. Someone wrote him a letter and it was asking Robin Olds about leadership and like his, like wanted his two cents. And he replied and it's out there, like the, re- the response, to this letter he wrote back. But he was like, I was responsible for more people. And he's like, as a 24 year old squadron commander in World War II. I had more men's lives that I was responsible for, more machinery, more money than I was as a one-star general in 1975 or whatever. He's like, I had mm-hmm. literally no one I was responsible for. It's a crazy mm-hmm. business model. Crazy business model that the DOD runs. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, that's a good. That's definitely a good one. But, but anyways, me- off of my. Uh, copyright pending idea <laughs> you got it dude yeah it'll sell so uh savage savagery for me is like man i know that the i i feel like the outside perspective to savagery is like uh like brutality and murder and like you know bar- barbarism or whatever which you know that's part of it but um I don't know. It's like a frequency, you know, it's like a, it's a, it's this, I mean, like these days, these days, like, you know, I'm trying to learn some jujitsu, you know, and rolling with people and like, dude, it's, 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 it's that feeling inside that like, it doesn't matter what this person does. Like, I'm not saying I don't tap. Cause like, I definitely tap for like, you know, when I'm, when I'm there, but there's so much time in between when you're like, you're definitely fucked, but like, you're not, you're not, he doesn't have it yet. You know, there's going to be this interim of suffering where they're just going to like lean on all they got to do is lean on it. And like, you like, just make this your whole world. Like, I'll just make this like guys sweaty tits, like my whole world as he's like (laughs) smashing, like, you know, and you're like, you know, it's like, but it's a feeling for me, you know, and, and, and like we, we get a capture of that on deployment sometimes, you know, it's not always like that. A lot of times it's like chilling and smoking cigarettes and stuff, but like, um, it's, it's burn the ships. It's, uh, it's burn the ships, you know, and, and, and that can, that mindset, that frequency can be captured in, in anything, you know, you can do that with your writing. Like you can, you can produce something and just be like, dude, this is, yeah, like this is like eighty percent qualified and good, but like fuck that, man. Like I'm going to tear this down and and give all this extra. Get read it again and write it again and write it again and write it again until you know. I mean that is savagery. And Dan, actually, like shit, man, dude. The way like I I saw how you were coming up, dude. Like I mean, we were both coming up. 
we're coming up side by side. I was just like a class or two ahead of you basically through the pipe. But like, I mean, like, dude, I had, I, I was like a, a single or uh, I was an only child and uh, like, dude, like my work ethic was not good before the military. It was just not good. Like uh, I'm not going to make excuses. Like, you know, like I would just do the minimum I had to do to survive. And like, that was the answer. And like, dude, like watching you, like watching how you handled the pipeline, like, and not only was it a pleasure to be your friend and like work with you, but it was inspiring, dude. Like there, there was obviously times where like everybody in the old squadron was gone and like, dude, you were just sitting there like doing what you were supposed to be doing. All these like small efforts, just savagely, relentlessly being done until you and until those were done, you were not going home. And like, that's dude, that's savage as fuck, dude. And like, I mean, obviously the merits of your career stand on their own, but like, dude, I like, it's so, it was so cool to have seen that in your mindset prior to, you know, like your career. And, and like, it, it was just like, it was a privilege, dude. And like, I really, I really respected your efforts through it. And it made me like more effortful because, you know, uh, I, I wasn't, I either wasn't taught or didn't take the lesson or, you know, like it didn't, I mean, obviously like at that point I, I, I had an idea of, you know, the work ethic and stuff, but even still dude, like the level was just like always up here. And if I was going to be in the same room as you or in the same group as a trainee, dude, like I needed to up my game and dude, that was awesome, man. So I really appreciate that. And thank no, you. I appreciate you saying that, man. I think, and then for, for me, I think what a lot of that stemmed from was one, a hard childhood, but also some hard lessons learned of wasted youth in the Navy specifically. So hmm. I think the Air Force and like getting, being able to somehow wiggle through the pipeline because there is a lot of luck. I think we can all agree. Oh, yeah. In any of the, between like the combat control and the pararescue pipeline, there is an insane amount of luck. Injuries. I mean, you remember cause like Rudy, we had to do this stupid test. It was like a computer, old computer game where you're running a radar Green. Oh. Like, like yeah. it'd be like if you worked at like Louisville Approach, which I don't even know where that is, but literally, like, there's no scenario ever, and it's no longer a thing for trainees. But numerous guys were just gone, and it'd be, and you'd be gone because these little blips, blips ended up like touching whatever mm -hmm. in this game, and that would just reset you thirty days. And then you get back to the video game and it's literally, it's like, I think it was like one shot. I think you had one, one refire. Maybe it was something wild, but dude, I remember probably like, like out of a class of 20, maybe like five or six guys. Dude, like beast mode dudes, like dudes, that would be like, like the whole, the whole crew would be strung out on a run. And this motherfucker's got the rock and Jodying and carrying like, like dude, just nonstop. And the second he gets to approach, dude, he's just fucking done. Like, <laughs> see ya. Peace. Yeah. A lot of luck. And I'm sure you guys saw that a lot too. It's just, but I, I think for me, that's what drove a lot of that was like, 
I have a, this is like a, a great opportunity to really do something I care about. But, you know, when you're not the biggest person or the fastest person or the strongest person, it's like, well, what can you do? It's like, you can outwork the rest of these motherfuckers, you know, kind of was yeah. my approach. It's like, eh, I'll just outwork everyone. Yeah, it all go, goes back to what you said, like losing is not an option. So you had to go into a state of savagery, and which means putting in the extra hours, making sure you're doing what needs to be done, not because you're trying to impress anybody, but just because you appreciate where you're at at that time. And you, for one, like appreciate it in a sense of like, like cause alluded to in your career, like you knew you, you time traveled, you knew some of the situations you were going to be in, you know, and you really appreciated those and put value to them and spent the extra hours to make sure you're ready. So I think something for me that really resonated was as soon as, um, as soon as I realized that like there was this point in time, no matter like what I did in between now and then it was going to be like, it, it was going to matter. It was going to matter how well I knew the ROEs or, or the, the, uh, like, air air rules you know the rules of in like of controlling air and uh even like down to basic soldiering you know gear preparation like all those things like this clock is ticking like that is you are on the ride up to that point and how you manage your time between now and then is going to determine how ready you are and like that's something I think this society like this topic or this uh question you know law of the jungle versus law of society it's like everybody's so ready to just hit this button and be like, not fair. It wasn't fair for me. That language isn't fair. I don't feel good. Like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's like, that's what makes me think it's like two different dimensions. Like these people are like living in a different dimension. Like not fair. I'm going to cancel you and get your job taken away because I don't like the words that you're saying. And like, that is like literally the opposite frequency of like of law of the jungle, you know, like law of the jungle is, is like, dude, if I can do it, it can happen to you, you know, like, and like, I'm glad that we don't live like that all the way. I like society where we're all cool, but I feel like we're dealing with people that like, just have no concept that that realm is also like concurrently happening, you know? And like, they just haven't ever experienced that particular um it hasn't hasn't reached up and like touched them yet <laughs> yeah that's uh i've been learning a lot about uh ptsd and stuff like that recently and there's uh just like everything now there's a spectrum like there isn't just just one diagnosis of ptsd there's like moral injury you know survivor's guilt all these different things but i think i think that's a big one that a lot of people experience is that like they get to that moment, they're on the train, the train pulls into the station where they're supposed to function at a certain level and they didn't put in the hours. And so then they feel at guilt for not being prepared. And they know for a fact, there's a time where they should have been putting in a little bit more time and it's their fault that something happened. And do so you, I think- Do you that's think they're conscious of that or is that unconscious? I think, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it's unconscious, but it, through like therapy and counseling, I'm sure they'll kind of uncover some of that stuff. And then that's one of those, like a lot of times, like you just have to carry that. There's, 
you fucked up, you didn't spend your time appropriately and all that. And then you just have to carry that. And that's, I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. See, not, I'm not, and I'm like not even like spectrum. That's not everybody that's got PTSD, but like, it's a definitely a, a, uh, major factor for one of the, one of the facets of the spectrum. So the cool part about like working in the field, the career fields we worked in is like, you get to be like, like real, like dudes that were like truly meant for this kind of profession. Right. Like they're just like fucking built for it and shit. And I, I never felt like that was me. Like I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was a poser. I just knew I needed to like bring, like I, I had to like do something with my mind to make me make it, you know, like, and, and that, that fear, you know, of knowing, you know, really what it came down to for me was fear of letting my team down. Like that was the core of like, like I, ultimately that I understood that that fear was the greatest fear I had. And so I just kind of like, before that moment got there, like through that thought process, like that I'm on the, I'm on the train, like moving towards that moment, that room, you know, we're going to hop off the train and like, boom, like you better fucking know your job. Cause like, nobody's going to be checking up on you and shit. And like, I, I was deathly afraid of not performing, you know? And so like, I, I still felt underprepared even with the amount of effort I was putting in, especially like side by side with Dan, dude, like, cause I mean, like there were nights where like, I'm like, yo, Dan, let's go home. Like, let's fucking shut it down. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to finish. And I could hear in his voice that he was going to finish. And I'm like, okay, like, well, I'm going home to get some sleep, dude. And I'll see you in like four hours. So, <laughs> and I, and like, dude, I just, so I know that this person's righteously putting more work in, but I, I it was that fear of letting that future team down or that being failing myself in that moment because, because I was lazy in these early moments was terrifying. And so that kind of like came up against my only child, like slacker skater mentality, you know, and, um, that I got by on it. Like I got by with that in high school. I didn't, I passed and like nobody paid attention to me and, you know, mission accomplished. Like I didn't, I didn't learn anything about myself and, uh, but I had to learn those le lessons later in life for sure. Yeah. So, so it makes me wonder because you said some stuff in there, like, you know, those guys that look like they're meant for this and all of that. Yeah. Um, so it makes me wonder like other besides like a handful of godsends in our career fields in the air, like in the air force special operations world. And then you, obviously you have those that think they are the godsends, but mm -hmm. in general, we're not the fastest, we're not the strongest, we're not the, but generally I feel like we're the ones that like are putting in a, the extra effort, you know, like, and I'm not saying like, obviously all the other crew for like SEALs, Rangers, Green Beret, all those guys, MARSOC, they're all putting in the work too, but like we have very specialized duty. And when we get called upon, it's very few and far between times that we're called upon, but we've got, like you said, you gotta know what you're, your job is at that moment. Cause those guys are doing their job the entire time and we're just along for the ride. Mm -hmm. but, when we're, but when we're called on, so it makes me think like just what you were saying is that just knowing our job and being prepared for that sits a little bit heavier when 
everything is just teetering on the precipice when you are called on. So well, there's nobody else that can do it. Right. Yeah. Like there's, right. there's no backup. It's no phone, phone a friend, you know, it's like you were either going to perform or not perform. And by the way, like in your career field, like this person's life is in the balance and like in our, in, in as a controller, you know, doing JTAC stuff, like, dude, like it can be a battlefield shaper. Like it'll change everything, you know, it'll, and if you do it wrong, fuck man, like that shit looks hard to live with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, by the way, like that's on the other side of that conversation, you know, you're too gonna and like make transpose some digits or don't get a check from somebody's position or something. And like, guess, guess what boys? Like, not everybody's going home. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like, uh, I mean, I shit, man, like, we're kind of rambling, but, like, I, I certainly miss that, you know, like, I miss that. But also, like, it's relieving to be out of it. You know, it's like, I, because I'm out, you know, and you guys are still in, but, like, it, it is, like, it's challenging and also relieving and, all the ways that you could imagine. Yeah. Well, and I think some of that too, like I was listening to this podcast. Uh, I was actually talking to Tommy, big fan of the, big fan of the show. I'm a listener. Savage. Uh, Tommy, I was talking to him and he said, I guess Cammy, Cammy's big into Huberman. And uh, Huberman was talking about just, one of the big things is like people's cortisol levels coming out of these types mm. of career fields and how many years plural it takes guys to just chill out. And uh, that was one mm. of his recommendations. It's kind of like a lot of people jump out and jump into this next thing. And like, it just, they just keep the party rolling. And in reality, a lot of times people need to get out and just hang out and let things kind of reset a bit. I mean, if yeah. you think about it, like, like, um, like, um, like mana and Legend of Zelda or something, like, dude, like that, like your mana is depleted. Like you are, you, you've spent in this amount of time, like you, you spent the, you spent your mana for those years, and like maybe for the next equal amount of years, but it was hard to put down. Like it was hard to, to, and it was, it, it's simultaneously, like the cycle of the cycle of it just like disallows you to process, you know, like there's no time for processing anything that's happening in your life. And you just like, it's the next thing because it's all or nothing in that event. Even if it's a training event, like dude, people, people dying in free fall accidents, you know, like that shit is like going on. And like, I mean, that's just part of the job, you know, like, that could happen and happen to anybody. I mean, the people we know. Yep. Yeah. So that makes me with the cortisol levels and the, the Zelda man and all that, that's, that made me think of like, um, kind of going back to the, the two strings playing the two string guitar of law of society, law of jungle. Like when you, when you get out, like, you might get in a job that's life and death. You're handling this, all these decisions again, that are astronomical in level that could affect people's lives, livelihood, or 
anything like that. But, but for the most part, like not much that you're doing is of the same caliber, the same extent of what we've been doing. And so you get out and you're just used to plucking that, that savage string, but you got to start plucking that, that society string and just being like, you know, kind of just chilling out a little bit and just aware that, that everything's not as intense as what, what you've no, normally been functioning at. I mean, should like you, like you encounter that even in conversations with your, uh, with your lady, you know, like you could come back from a, a deployment or something and like been like, okay, like I was fucking in charge. I did a good job. Go me. And, and now all of a sudden, like you're getting dressed down by this person that's like, doesn't like your tone. You know, like in in like the pro the 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 complex aspect is is like you she's probably right. You know, she's probably right. Like you were well, yeah. in inappropriate frequency. Like you like for the current a- setting in the current audience, you are probably in, in inappropriate and incorrect. Probably, just knowing us, we're probably wrong. <laughs> I mean, just just go like you said. We're just going at the wrong frequency at the, at the incorrect moment. Without even saying who's right or wrong in that conversation though, like it's certainly the frequency we put the least amount of time in. Right. Like, like, am I really analyzing the fairness of my tone? No, man. Like, no, like I think like I've, I've definitely gotten this feedback from close friends and, and obviously like, yeah, close friends and partners and stuff. Like, Dude, like I can be, I can be direct, you know, like I can be like, uh, and and honestly, like, I feel like that's the way to be, you know, like, I feel like that's like, it's not, I don't know. It's like, I can't even, I can't even like get into the other frequency where I'm like, all right, like this is, I, I should care about this person's emotions about how my tone is you know, or how this makes them feel when like at the core of like the law of the jungle is like, dude, and everything that happens to you is because of you. Like you are responsible for everything, including your feelings. Yeah, I think but, but with that, that doesn't really there work. There is something to Rudy's point, like there's something really nice about not being dialed into that freak nonstop. You know, like, I think it's healthier to be able to, it's almost like emotional intelligence, right? Like that thing, like uh, with a lot of jobs, like IQ will get you hired, but EQ will get you fired. Kind of like out of relationships, like people find you interesting because your IQ initially, but if your EQ is off, it's like, all right, like we're good here. So I, I think that's something it, and I, I mean, I, I like it, like. You know, it's definitely taken me some time to like find balance, especially in a committed relationship with a woman is you talk to them differently. They're not guys like as much as society wants us to say we're all equal. Like we're not like biologically, we're different people. Our brains are wired differently. We respond to different tones. We like same thing like you said, like direct feedback, like, like that's my favorite kind. However. Like, yeah, well received over here. No, yeah, it's I mean, not play it's one, not, you know, it's not, it's not over one. I just need to figure out what her freak is and same, you know, same deal. Like she knows there's times where like we have very frank conversations, you know, and it's just like, 
a lot of times we'll just kind of start that way. It's like, hey, like, you know, especially when we talk like we'll have like our monthly like money talk and all that shit. And it's like, hey, like this is going to be like an objective conversation about where we are. Like we're going to remove the emotion. If you feel emotion coming up in this conversation, like we're going to pause or just table it, you know, but like there's no other way to handle this topic besides removing emotion. But, Dude, yeah, when it comes to finances, you have to be a business yeah. partner. And so, yeah, like in a relationship, <clears throat> there's like, there's like the love connection, the romance connection. There's the friendship. Like you have to be able to be friends outside of the love and that there's the business partnership aspect of it. And then like the, I think the unacknowledged part is the roommate. How good of a roommate are you? Because living with someone, man, is like a whole different thing than just like the idea of living with somebody, you know, like, like, or, or like think about when you're dating, you know, like that person goes home, you know, and like, you're chilling out like you get a cool off period basically and then you see them at their best again you know like it's, it's a date you know so they're like you know they present themselves like i i mean like i don't know whatever you know however people date but it's not it's not like waking up next to this person and seeing them truly seeing them when they're like not at their best and also when you're not at your best like your normal your normal is walking around with your fucking skid marked underwear you know like now all of a sudden that's a the picture that they get of you too you know that's a it's a combo to both yeah and so yeah i was definitely thinking of myself and that i was saying them but when they're not at their best but like yeah definitely man like yeah like when i when i'm not resourced mentally or when i'm <clears throat> underslept or hungover yeah. or, or just like overtaxed like with stress like i am a different person you know like yeah and like that person is not who I ideally try to present the world, present to the world. I think, I mean, I, I just like the, the idea that savagery covered pretty much, you know, everything from, you know, romance to combat deployments to, you know, MMA to going like everything we talked about that all like, that savagery is part of that. Like, like you said, you're either, you're either playing in the law of society or the law of, of, of uh, the jungle, you know? So I just like that. It's not just you, it's not just something you turn on and you turn off. That's just a, I think we said the frequency that we're, that we typically just run in and then we have to be able to, you know, dial in, change the, change the tone so that we can actually, integrate into those around us and and kind of turn that off for a little bit or at least not turn it off but just change the change the frequency adapt like like the aliens among us just look like them